Hello and welcome to the week one recap edition of the Pro Football Jokes podcast where we love to make jokes and drink some Cokes. I am your host, Jemp, always bringing you the uh, total access and I am joined by Pep the Chep. How the Pep are you? Oh, I'm pepping around as always, man. Uh, after this week one, I'm just so pumped up to talk some football, man. Oh, man, it is going to be great. And, of course, we have the freaking beast himself, Alex. Alex, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Oh, dude, I, again, as as Pep said, I mean, getting to talk football, watch football, what could be uh, that much better? And, of course, we have to have him on is our unpaid intern, Reeb. Reeb, uh, how you doing? I am doing good. I'm hoping to make a good impression here, maybe get a little pay raise. Uh, man, that's a little bold. You got, you got to earn that. I'm not a, not a huge fan of you asking for it. So uh, on air, uh, come on, not a great I, on air. I had to try. Yeah, we we'll, we'll discipline them later. No worries. No, we'll, we'll be honest. You don't need to tweet at them. It's okay. We'll we'll handle it in house as we we like to do. Although our fans out there can always tweet hashtag Reeb the intern ask for a pay raise. Feel free. <laughs> yeah, get, get, get that it. go viral. I need it, guys. These biweekly vacations are getting to be a little much. <laughs> Oh man, but we have football to talk about, so let's let's uh, get into that. And so we're going to start with Pep. Pep, you kind of um, took a special eye on what I have to assume now is the best team in football, and that is uh, the Ravens of Baltimore just destroying the Buffalo Bills. What'd you make of that game? Wow. Well, I think the real storyline of the game <laughs> is uh, the superstar Nathan Peterman. Uh, <laughs> He had a 0.0 quarterback rating. Um, cannot remember his exact numbers. He might have completed nine passes. And, I believe uh, he threw for 24 yards. I will say oh, this. 24? God, he won me a fantasy survivor league before the week was even over. Uh, <laughs> the Bills just looked flat out abysmal in on every side of the football. I mean, Nathan Peterman was bad, but the defense didn't play quite well. And... Um, I think we got a good look into the Ravens receiving core, all jokes aside. Uh, we got to see Willie Sneed, John Brown, and Michael Crabtree, the three guys they picked up, score touchdowns. Um, they just kind of got the whole offense involved. Maybe that's a testament to what the Bills' defense yeah, was. It was but... Yeah, it was an impressive kind of way that they, they attacked. I mean, the Bills, who you always kind of think will have a good defense but clearly did not. Um what do you make of how they used uh, Lamar Jackson in this first game? You know, I almost feel like I was watching a preseason game again when he was in. It was Lamar Jackson versus Josh Allen, and uh, he was still kind of his play was still a little erratic, in my opinion. Uh, maybe he just had the jitters, but was- I didn't even think he was going to get in. I was shocked when I saw a play go on. I was like, "Oh, that was Lamar Jackson." I honestly just didn't think they were going to use him. Yeah, I figured they, they needed to use him. I mean, he is such a weapon, and it gets him game reps without having to make him the, the starting quarterback. Uh, and, I mean, he is elusive. He's going to run for a good amount of yards when he's in there. Uh, but do you guys have uh, faith in Joe Flacco now after this big victory? I still feel like the Ravens are the Ravens. He's an elite quarterback. He has won a Super Bowl, just as many as Aaron Rodgers, so maybe we need to put him up in that uh, same conversation. <laughs> Pretty much the same quarterback. I won by a lot more than Aaron Rodgers, so. That's also, that also true. <laughs> I do have a question oh, about man. the uh, Ravens running game. I'm not quite sure. 
if it was just the blowout or what was going on there, but it didn't seem like they're as dominant in the running game. Maybe they just had a bunch of opportunities. Yeah, I, I, it seems like to me that they are just trying to figure it out. So they were kind of trying a few different sets of two different things. I mean, I think Buck Allen is a pretty good back. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree. I don't think they have it fully settled. But it was such an easy game for them that it still looked pretty good for them. Yeah, that's a great team to try some stuff out on. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but moving on here, we'll actually go to one of the games that Alex really uh, focused in on, and this was one marathon of a game we talked about on uh, our podcast before that this is uh, quite possibly the worst game, the most boring game to watch because uh, two boring style teams going against each other, and they found a way to make it uh, something. So what did you think of the Titans-Dolphins marathon six-hour game? Yeah, have you ever like been watching and – NFL game and thought that you know I wish this game could go on forever. Uh, yeah, this was basically <laughs> the opposite of that. Jaguars <laughs> Titans twenty thirteen. Uh, Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> yeah, so this this game uh, pretty much had nothing happen um, for the first three quarters, and then in the fourth quarter there was actually an overwhelming scoring output. Uh, there were two kickoff returns for touchdowns, which was uh, kind of cool. Darius Jennings got one. Former Cavalier Wahoo Wah. <laughs> um, and that was basically the takeaway from this game. It was two pretty bad teams. The Titans really had a worst-case scenario. Uh, Delaney Walker out for the season. Taylor won. Marcus Mariota both got hurt. Um, but the Dolphins, uh, I thought their offensive line looked good. Uh, do you guys think that either of these teams can do anything going forward? No. Well, I think Kenny Fields. Apt, apt analysis, Reed. That's why we, that's why we don't pay <laughs> <laughs> it's true <laughs> I, but looking at this yeah I, the, the Titans are shot lost one of their best weapons and I, they just couldn't get anything going with the running game there and Mariota being out clearly uh, Blaine Gabbert is not going to be able to step in and be their Nick Foles so tough to believe there and the Dolphins I was I mean Stills had a great game but outside of him I, I was uh, not impressed with what they could do Kenyon Drake fantasy owners cannot be too happy uh, and I own him in four out of the five leagues, so fantastic. You bought the hype on Kenyon Drake. I, I didn't buy the hype. I just liked him. Even before they, they traded away uh, Ajay, I, I thought Drake was going to be be able to fill his shoes pretty easily, and uh, he still might be able to, but hasn't shown Frank yet. Or nine carries, 61 yards. I also do love Frank Gore. Ageless, ageless Frank Gore. But again, we didn't get uh, to watch it very much because it was delayed on red zone. Um. Probably. Yeah, what did they do during the break? Did they just show other games, or was it just a couple hours of commercials, or what they do? Probably just local. Yeah, they, I mean, anybody like, were watching hey. this game. Yeah, they they'd wow. flick away or do something else with their lives. If you're just sitting and waiting and hoping <laughs> for that, uh, I mean, even the people that stayed in the stadium should probably be checked. But at least they gave them some excitement uh, down the stretch in in that game. But I imagine they put on yikes, man. a round of Big Bang Theory and then would interrupt it. <laughs> Yeah, but I think Mother Nature spared us a game. So yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't think we need to spend as much time talking about that game as uh, as they did playing <laughs> it. So I did. I did enjoy that they like skipped halftime. That was awesome. Uh, but moving on to something that was a little more interesting, still kind of a weird game, uh, a classic Super Bowl rematch. Uh, Reeb, you took a special interest in the Seahawks against the Broncos game. What'd you make of it? 
Yes, I did. And I was surprised at how Case Keenum did. Um, you know, he didn't start off well. He had the three interceptions, but it turned into a little bit of a QB duel. Uh, both him and Wilson ended up with some solid numbers. And I think the Broncos discovered their new running backs make up a pretty solid backfield. Philip Lindsay and uh, Alex's favorite, Royce Freeman. Uh, Alex, were you upset that Philip Lindsay took a little bit of Royce Freeman's um, reps? So I yeah. was not too disappointed because I thought that uh, Royce Freeman still ran well. He definitely closed out the game. Um, I think it's a nice little duo right there. They both had identical rushing numbers, 15 carries, 71 yards. But Lindsay added the, the couple catches. That was 30 yard, 30 plus yards and touchdown. Interesting stat. And I know you're also... Oh, go, go ahead, Pearson. That. Interesting stat from this game. Royce Freeman, 8 rushes, 71 yards. Lindsay, 8 rushes, Good. 71 yards. Even though he got a couple rushes, of catches. Yards, both of them. Sorry. Sorry. I, I don't know football. <laughs> <laughs> the classic Alex, fact check. We are very Alex, did you also correct here at Pro Football Jokes. We take our jokes very seriously and need to have the correct stats. Yes, that is true. Alex, I know you're also high on Chris Carson. And did you see that play where he hurdled the... Uh, defensive back that was trying to tackle him. I did. That was uh, that was pretty good. That's why it's Chris Carson's backfield. Yeah, yeah. he only got seven carries, which was kind of disappointing. You know, but, but on the other side, uh, Chris Carson seven carries, fifty-one yards. Rashad Penny seven carries, eight yards. So that first-round pick is a. Uh, it's not working out too well for the week one. <laughs> Yeah, not, not a great showing to start the season, not what you want to see out of your running back. Uh, but they did have a surprise that was actually not too bad for the Seahawks, considering that they're thin at receiver. Unfortunately, with Doug Baldwin kind of going down, and it seems like he'll be out for multiple weeks uh, and, and Lockett doing all right. But they had a surprising emergence of the great Brandon Marshall. And is he back? Is this sustainable? I honestly forgot he was even on with the Seahawks. With the loss of Doug so. Baldwin? Let's, who knows? I mean, he had a touchdown. He could have had a second touchdown, but it was called back for uh, pass interference. He pushed off on the uh, the great Bengals legend for all the wrong reasons, Pac-Man Jones. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only way you can get open against him. They don't they don't know <laughs> when they're getting Doug Baldwin back, so maybe he does get a little bit of a larger role in this offense, or else Tyler Lockett's their number one, and um, he's making money. Yeah, not, not, not pretty. I mean, Russell Hustle and Bustle is going to do his thing, but I was actually impressed Brandon Marshall got a little bit of separation he looked engaged with the game and ready to play and uh I actually I mean he's uh, I don't think uh, the Seahawks are thrilled that they're gonna have to rely on him as much as they will but uh he definitely stepped up in game one even though they couldn't get the win I just feel like the Seahawks are gonna have to fight and scrap for every win this year Oh uh, yeah, I, I think wins will be super hard for them to come by. But let's let's look at the Broncos' future here for just a second. Do you guys think the the Broncos will make some noise this year? Absolutely, I do. Um, I think yeah. at least for fantasy owners, you got to feel good about the Case Keenum connection to Demarius and Emmanuel Sanders. Mm-hmm. Um, they 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 played pretty well against a Seattle defense that's pretty depleted, but still looks like there's some connections going on there, and the defense is what it is. Honestly, yeah, I Keenum went a little it. bit back to his interceptions. Sorry, Alex. Uh, so I honestly kind of doubt the Broncos will do much this year. They 
looked uh, their offense looked like it could finally move the football, but I don't, they threw Case Keenum threw three interceptions. I don't know that. I mean, their defense allowed the Seahawks to score twenty four points, and I I'm not sold that this is a dominant defense, which is what how we talked about their their only chance to be good is if they if they have a dominant defense. And even though Von Von Miller wrecked this game, but yeah, man. Yeah, Von Miller put up a ridiculous stat line. Yeah, but this that's against a really bad Seahawks offensive line, and Russ was not doing them any favors. He ran into a couple sacks there in that game. Yeah. He's he's doing his best. He's trying to he do so much. Well yeah, I, I'm do a few sacks with that offensive line. Keenum only threw, I think, seven interceptions last year. He threw three in game one. So I think a lot of their potential depends on if he'll be the case Keenum of last year or if he'll be kind of his more normal self. If he's uh, throwing interceptions, I don't think they're good enough to uh, overcome that consistently. But good to see. Broncos fans should be uh, relatively optimistic rather than some other teams after week one. Uh, But another team that's probably over the moon is the Chiefs after they battled the Chargers. The Chargers were pretty hyped up going into this game, really thinking that even though they had some injuries, that this really might be their year. They uh, make a splash. Phillip Rivers finally going to win some big things. And uh, the Chiefs come in with uh, Mahomes and just uh, really took care of business uh, when you were watching this game. And just the biggest takeaway that I have is that uh, (laughs) – Tyreek Hill is fast. He's so fast. He makes fast people look not fast. Uh, I, that, that's that's all I had as I watched this game. Like I mean, Mahomes' strong arm and all, all these other things to look at, and all I can see is just Hill is electric. And I I'm impressed that he's already started off the year this hot. What do you guys think about that uh, explosive Chiefs I offense? It, I was very impressed with it. I mean, it, the fact that they scored 38 points and Travis Kelsey had what one catch for six yards, I think. Uh, Kareem Hunt. Yeah, it was not a big didn't, factor. Didn't really have a big game. He had forty nine yards, I think. Um, I mean, Tyreek Hill was this whole team basically, and 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 Andy Reid really yeah, doesn't. He get was the difference maker in this game. And him, he is. You know, be a lot of people think you know he's old school. But I mean, he create has some of the most creative play calls in the league. It, it's fun to watch because he's got these electric tools and we'll use them. And Mahomes did a great job kind of not only extending the plays, but getting outside the pocket, looking downfield. And he has that connection with Hill where he's just ready to sling it to him. And if he's able to buy that little extra time, there's nobody that can hang with him just with his raw speed and just knack for finding open space and making things happen. Like it's just, it's exciting. And like you said, with hunt needing to get going a little bit more and Kelsey having all that potential, like that offense can be uh, a sight to see this whole year. Yeah, they have some playmakers. And did Sammy Watkins do anything in this game? He did nothing. He did nothing. <laughs> <laughs> he had uh, three catches for 21 yards. I think, uh, Alex, correct me if I'm wrong, but when we were watching Red Zone, did someone compare Sammy Watkins to a running back? I can't remember that, but would not surprise yeah, me. Yeah, someone was like, he was like a running back in the backfield, and our fans can comment and tell me I'm delusional and didn't hear that. But um, it's, um, you know, as we're bouncing off the Broncos game, the Chiefs had that game against the Chargers. It really, you don't know what, what to say about this division. I, I think it's anybody's division. If you're looking at it from an objective week one standpoint, um, yeah, Tyreek Hill the Chargers was had- darn fast. 
Um, yeah, and the, but, the Chargers oh, had pretty much a, had a had a very Chargers type game. They had 541 total yards. The Chiefs only had 362, and the Chargers lost by 10. They, they had they had special teams problems. Gave up the punt return touchdown. Then their kick returner had two straight kickoff returns where he took it out of the end zone. One of them he took to like 11, and the other the next one he took. He took out a little bit further, but he called back at the holding call, and they were inside the 10. And then the next punt return, he fumbles. Chiefs recover, score the touchdown, to get up 38 to whatever, 20. And and you think even so. just the, the drops that the Chargers had. Like, I mean, it's one of these things where we're saying, like, is it this year? They have the talent. They, they like It's all set up for them to do really, really well, and they just play like the Chargers. Oh, man, classic. And is, uh, is Joey Bosa out, right? He, yeah, he did not play in this game. Uh, he, oh, so that's definitely foot injury, nice. correct? Can't couldn't tell you. Yeah, yeah, not 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 what not what you want to see. But that was an interesting game. I'm excited for that. The Chargers they still made it a game kind of at the end, like they always do, scoring some points and like you said, so many yards, so so much potential. But they've got to make those few plays if they really want to um, be real competitors this year. Uh, talking about another team that needs to, to needed to make some more plays. Honestly, the the Houston Texans going against the Patriots. Uh, Alex and I talked about this at length on a, a, a past podcast, uh, but now the game has actually happened. What did you think of it, Pep? Well, I think um, the Patriots really made use of the weapons they had, which was Gronk, and they uh, used that RB committee that scratched a lot of heads because. Well, fantasy owners' heads that a lot of people stayed away from. Uh, they had a loss in Jeremy Hill for the season. Hart uh, goes so out sad. to him and a speedy recovery. But uh, Gronk is still Gronk uh, for anybody listening out there. Uh, the real storyline of the game was Deshaun Watson missing throws. Uh, you know, there are some throws that really could have changed the game that uh, mm-hmm. just he was missing. But. It was As a giant uh, Deshaun Watson fan, Alex, how do you uh, respond to uh, his performance in the first game? Uh, it was a bad game. <laughs> no, but I think just like uh, Reed, that's something. I think uh, he he can bounce back. I I thought he he competed till the end. He did miss a couple throws, made some bad decisions, uh, and the offensive line certainly didn't do him any favors. But I think. Are you concerned with some of the offensive line injuries? Uh, not that really, because I don't think anybody they can bring in will be any worse. I mean, the, <laughs> their their offensive line is going to be bad, uh, but I think Deshaun Watson will play better. He said himself after the game, he's like, "Yeah, I play terrible." I mean, this starts with me, um, and I I know he he'll start to correct things um, as the season moves along. In all fairness. Um... A quiet stat line for the game was Lamar Miller, 16 rushes, 98 yards, 4.9 average, I believe. Uh, and they ran that play action a couple times. We got to see a look at that Deshaun Watson deep ball. He might have just thrown it a little too late a couple of those times, but the deep ball is still there for sure. Maybe not that Hail Mary. He just needs Will Fuller back. Yeah, I, I think that gives him an extra weapon. They actually have a pretty good connection. Well, We'll see, uh, man. Uh, the Patriots using their like their wide receivers. Like it, I really thought Hogan was actually going to do something. He just couldn't couldn't get anything going. Me too. By the uh, way, against this, this Texas team, Phil Dorsett also had a pretty, pretty nice game. 
Yeah, I don't know. He he really did, and 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 he's someone to look out for to see if Brady. I mean, Brady once he trusts a guy, will find ways to get him the ball. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. This game ended up being closer than I thought it should have been. But um, yeah, I mean, the the Texans have some work to do, but I, there's a lot of potential left on that team. I think they uh, starts with Watson, and um, I, I expect them to to bounce back pretty good from this one. And so as we're looking, uh, again, around the league, uh, uh, just a game that was a classic uh, for both of the teams in it, uh, the Jaguars against the Giants. Uh, the only way I can describe it is just a classic Jaguars performance. But what did you what did you think about that as you were watching that game, Alex? Yeah, I think it was uh, underreported about how, Odell, how well Odell really played in this game. I thought he he dominated his stat line only showed 11 catches 111 yards uh, but he also drew two deep pass interference penalties um had a had jalen ramsey beat for a touchdown where eli manning just missed him um i i mean he he really impressed me uh, as the giants number one receiver but the but the giants offense looked like kind of what i expected they saquon and odell uh, accounted for over 73% of their total offense. Um, Saquon had the one long touchdown run that was super impressive. He showed a lot of flashes, um, but if he can't give them consistent down-to-down running, which I don't know that he can with this offensive line, uh, I don't mm-hmm. know that the Giants will be uh, as good as people expect them to be. Although I thought it's, it shows how low of opinion I have, Eli, that I thought this was kind of an encouraging performance for him. <laughs> yeah, that's not a, not a great thing for uh, Giants fans out there. But Odell really is amazing. I mean, as much money as they're paying him and kind of how flashy all those other kind of things, he is just dominant, uh, as you said. But I, I, like- I mean, I was not super thrilled with what I saw with Barkley, though. Yeah, he was pretty bottled up before the long touchdown run. Um, but... He, I mean, if you watched him play, like he was electric. Uh, sometimes I, feel, I think this was the problem in college too. He does a little too much dancing, um, but I think, I mean, he's clearly a super talented player. But the consistency moving the ball is what what worries me. We still have to remember that Eric Flowers is starting. I'll tackle for them. So. <laughs> that, is good. Just, that is a good point. The, Gi- the Giants have a few on. things to address there. But looking at the other team that they uh, eventually lost to, the Jaguars, I mean, Fournette somehow has a hamstring injury uh, already to start this year. I thought football was pretty easy for him, apparently. Not always. Uh, what else did you get from this Jags team? Uh, yeah, I was their, – their defense looks as good as ever. Um, I, I know Odell got free against them, but he – is one of the best. Odell's one of a kind, so, yeah. Yeah, but uh, their offense really worries me. They couldn't really do anything uh, that, I mean, they, the the defense scored a touchdown, so they really put up 13 points as an offense. Um, TJ Yeldon ran pretty well, but I didn't see their offensive line be all that dominant. Their running game good enough, um, and none of their receivers seem to really step up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm a believer in the Jags having a really good season because really it stems from that defense, and I thought Fournette was going to be able to make bigger impact here. Uh, Yeldon was nice in his place, but 
yeah, they don't really have <laughs> have the playmakers on offense to really put people away, uh, like the Rams or some of these other teams tend tend to have. Uh, but they we got the win. Portals turns people into stars. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We should check out some Blake Bortles facts. I guess, but I uh, yeah, so they got the win. They're they're moving on, feeling feeling good. Time was that pet? Time will yeah. tell about these dudes. Exactly. It it really is only week one, and a lot of these teams we assume will get better, but uh, uh, hopefully the Jags offense can improve a little bit. Uh, as, every day, man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, man. They hey, do. Alex, Alex, can you make them uncomfortable real quick? Make it uncomfortable. Hey! <laughs> Hot take. Jags are winning the Super Bowl. Oh man, <laughs> I, dang, that's even that, you're even higher on the Jags than I am. But yeah, Sorry. we'll mark that down. Alex had to, uh, Alex brought out the make it uncomfortable. I had to go with the hot take. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> uh, we'll mark we'll mark that we'll mark that down. We got that in writing. We'll revisit that as the season goes on. Uh, but looking at some teams that we're pretty confident won't make the Super Bowl, Reeb, you uh, had a fun time watching the Steelers against the Brown fight. <laughs> Uh, that what a uh, what a football game that was! So glad we have a thing called ties. This had to be just one of the most agonizing games for Browns fans, and that is saying something. It really just felt like this was it. This should have been the game for them to finally get a win, even with them being down twenty-one to seven in the fourth quarter. They have some plays that go their way, and. You know, all of a sudden it's tied up with about two minutes to go and they get the ball back and they have a shot to drive down for a field goal to win in regulation. And Tyrod throws a pick. In overtime, you know, Boswell, he misses a field goal, which I can't remember the last time Boswell missed a game-winning field goal. And they get another shot. And then their field goal (laughs) gets blocked by TJ Watt. It just, it felt like, it just... It really felt like this was it. This was the game that they should have won, and it just ended so anti Yeah, and they're kind of like half celebrating because they didn't lose, and it's just all ugly. But you think about they were plus six in the turnover uh, category, the Browns were. They were plus five. That defense defense cannot Uh, be. And they were still down 10 at one point, just dominating the turnover. So it's like... (laughs) (laughs) I wanted... What better shot? What better shot do they have? At home. I wanted to believe that, you know, Tyrod may have had a little bit of a bad rap in Buffalo. And now that he was on the Browns, he's going to have some weapons, maybe be a little more productive. But no, he was pretty much the same old Tyrod. Just kind of. Same old Tyrod. Same, yeah, same he, old uh, Tyrod. Yeah. Maybe he thought the name change would. He, Give him some more productivity. Yeah, he he definitely struggled. I mean, it seems like from all the reporting, he's a great thing for Baker Mayfield and for the coaching staff for the team. But performance-wise on Sunday, um, not so much. Well, but I, I'd say his 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 um, competitiveness in the second half was something to admire, and mm-hmm. he he wasn't making the right throws. He ended the game with seventy rushing yards. You know, he he did some scrambling and. And Jarvis Landry ended as their number one receiver, but you, you know, Alex can attest to this. Uh, the the energy probably in Brown Stadium, and and for me personally, when we saw Josh Gordon catch that touchdown pass in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter, uh, just seeing that guy come back, 
must have been great for them. And also probably the first time in NFL history, a team to snap a losing streak by tying. <laughs> yeah. A uh, 17-game losing streak at did that. You, did, you guys, yes. did you guys see what Hugh Jackson said after the game? Where he's, I did he not. He said that Josh Gordon started on accident. That apparently was not the plan. And Ugh. somehow there is a miscommunication That's... or something, and he started. Oh, man. What, what a guy. What a, what, a, what a coach. For what it's worth, it was a great touchdown catch. Oh, and I... I thought that defense really stepped up. You got if you're a Browns fan, you really gotta like what Denzel Ward did that game. Yeah, I mean two picks so in l- your first look- game. Alex, you had something yeah, to say? That's nice. that's nice validation for them. And I just want to ask you guys one quick question. You guys think if Baker Mayfield had played this game, the Browns would have won with nope. how well their defense? No, no, I don't think. I actually I do think, think they would have won. Would. I would. I, I really do think they'll win, and Baker will get his chance here soon. But hopefully, it'll be in a, a game as easy as that. But let's quickly hit the Steelers before we leave. Uh, again, people are going to talk about Ben Roethlisberger as he finally off the cliff, all that kind of stuff. It happened to him last year, and he was able to bounce back pretty strong. Antonio Brown is great; we know that. Uh, but what do you make of the Steelers' offense with uh, Connor uh, with behind those big linemen instead of Bell? Yeah, I mean, I said in our last podcast, I didn't think there was going to be much of a drop off, really, and. I think this first game shows that. I mean, he's obviously not the pass catcher that Le'Veon Bell is, but he still produced, got two touchdowns. He had the fumble late in the game that was costly, but um, it was still a solid performance for his first real start. Um, I do have a question for you guys. What did you think about the Bell tweet after the game where he did kind of the, the thinking emoji? Seemed like it was kind of a shot directed at the Steelers. I think we'll have to go to our tweet analyzer for that. Me? All right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I guess it says that Le'Veon Bell was watching the game from his couch, not working out. Uh, you know, it is it is what it is, I guess. Uh, we should ask Marquise Bouncy about it. It just seems like yeah. it's just make it's dividing the team even further to where you think there's no way this guy's going to come back. He's already pissed off his offensive line, and now he's making you know tweets like this after a game where they tie, almost insinuating that oh, if I was there, we would have won, guys. See, I'm right. And- there are guys though on Twitter, uh, other NFL players on different teams, like sticking up for Bill. Not that it matters to their current situation. There, there are other guys. Gosh, it's slipping my name or slipping my mind right now. But there are guys that are just like sticking up for him and in replies with fans and getting in the trenches when they shouldn't have to. Uh, but it's got to make you wonder when Lev Bell comes back and what that situation is. You're exactly right, Reeb. Yeah, and I definitely – I mean, if Bell was there under normal circumstances, I can't imagine the Steelers losing that one or, or tying – excuse me, tying. Alex, could you um, please make it uncomfortable for one second? Make it uncomfortable! Hey! I don't think Bell plays a game for the Steelers this year. Play it again. <laughs> make it uncomfortable! Hey! I just – I don't see it. It seems like the divide is just too great. I I don't know. Hey, Alex. Oh, uh, yeah. You know what Le'Veon Bell isn't going to do? Play the compete every day. Compete every day, man. 
Oh my gosh. We're still figuring out our sound cues. Oh man. (laughs) And with that, we're going to move on to uh, a team that came up short that did not compete in the way that its fans wanted to see. High hopes for the Dallas Cowboys, and yet um, their offense seemed to be non existent. Elliott, of course, is good. Their line is a little banged up, but Dak Prescott just seemed inaccurate at times. I mean, he also had no real weapons to to throw it to. Uh, and so I was very much so not impressed by the Cowboys on offense. Defense, a different story, actually. I was pleasantly surprised with how well that they competed and they played against a Panthers team that actually has some some weapons on it. What did you guys think of this game? Yeah, I think uh, when you have no weapons at uh, at receiver or tight end, and you have an all-pro running back, what you really want to do is stay in shotgun for the whole game. So that's exactly what Jason Garrett uh, did with the Cowboys. Um, I don't really understand why they didn't feed Zeke a little bit more, go with some play action to get Dak more comfortable. They just seemed to want to leave Dak and think Dak could just handle the load, and he failed miserably. Yeah, the, the, that shotgun running point is such a is such a good point because it just does not set them up for success. Like if you're trying to trick the defense or whatever, but you're not letting Ezekiel Elliott really get into his run in the way that we've seen him be so successful. Uh, man, they just they are tough. Do you see uh, them calling an old uh, receiver who uh, who they can sign? Perhaps his name be Des. Throw up the X. Is that coming back? Do they need they him? Sure, could use him. I'm after week one. Who, sure was, could use. who was their leading receiver in this game? Do we know? Um, I will pull that up in just a second. Let's just stall like normal talking with all points. Uh, Cole Bees was the leading receiver by far. Seven catches, 73 yards. Their second okay, leading receiver. Yes. Anybody want to guess? Terrence, Michael Gallant. Terrence Williams. Deontay Thompson. Oh my God! Oh, oh yeah, Alex is sleeper oh, four years ago. Great. <laughs> Still asleep. Don't worry about it. Still asleep. Oh man. Oh gosh. Yeah. So the Cowboys just really not uh, impressing too many people there. But the Panthers also offense was uh, uh, not as great as one might have hoped. Not necessarily surprising considering that they don't have the same weapons on the outside. But the one unique thing I saw is that they really didn't seem to restrict Cam Newton running the ball. And he's emerged as one of the top running backs in the league. <laughs> Led them in attempts <laughs> and rushing yards. And Yes. <laughs> yeah, so uh, congratulations to everyone that picked uh, Christian McCaffrey out there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I just was not uh, overwhelmed by really much going on on that uh, that side of the ball there for the Panthers, but they did just enough, and you had the battle of the linebackers with Sean Lee and Luke Keekley. Um, and even though Luke Keekley got banged up early, he was able to come back, and uh, we, we hope that he's healthy. Specifically hope it's not a concussion because that might be the, the end for him if he, if he gets another one of those bad boys. But, uh, yeah, not a super – yeah, it, it, it did. It, it seemed to be uh, – so hopefully – I mean, he's tough. Hopefully he can bounce back. But it was not an overly interesting game to watch, to, to say that. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I don't have much to say about it other than Greg Olson refracturing his foot, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Oh, man. So I guess it's um, 
a lot of a lot of names are slipping my head tonight, guys. But uh, uh, Ian Thomas would be the next uh, tight end up there. What? Not not uh, what's his face? Who got a uh, uh? Come on, you know, last year, Dixon. Yes, thank you. Hmm. He, he's on the Seahawks now, I think. Oh, and now he's behind. Wow. <laughs> Will Disley took over that, Will, that tight end Will job. Disley, thank you. Life happens How fast. could you not pull that out, Pearson? Come on, Pearson. Fourth round, fourth round pick. I'm just demonstrating a basic lack of knowledge of football, and I just want to apologize to all our fans. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Tweet this hashtag, fire pit. <laughs> it's more than five tweets, then... I'll resign. <laughs> not a chance, not a chance here, guys. Uh, but Pep, let, let's let's have you talk about it, uh, about something that you definitely do know. Uh, a game that is very near and dear to your heart, which saw the actual best running back in the league, Adrian Peterson, is back, and so are the Washington Redskins. How are you feeling? Over the moon? Uh oh. I'd like to preface this one. Uh, the night before, I got into a little Twitter conversation with two Arizona Cardinals fans, and I will try to consent, condense this as much as possible. Uh, the halftime show for Redskins Cardinals that day was Sugar Ray, one of my favorite bands, and I saw the Arizona Cardinals tweet that out, and uh, two Cardinals fans tweeted about how terrible Mark McGrath was, and uh, I took Mark McGrath out of the combo. And I just started to tell them how depleted the Arizona Cardinals roster was. <laughs> then they asked me about my wide receiver running back and tight end situation in Washington. And I was like, wow, you're asking me about my wide receiver tight end and running back situation. minus David Johnson in Arizona. You're comparing my Jordan Reed injury status <laughs> to Ricky Seals Jones and JJ Nelson. <laughs> and then it kind of got to the point it got to the point where they threatened physical violence against me <laughs> and i just kind of decided to just say hey you guys could really really benefit from a mark mcgrath halftime show and an alex smith butt kicking <laughs> and um oh man that was, is a lot was riding on the stove for me that game and a that lot was is, riding on the Redskins for the stove. That is top journalism right there. Top notch journalism. <laughs> we are happy to have you on board, Pep. Hashtag keep so, Pep. give him a raise. <laughs> so on to the game. Redskins come out really strong in the rushing game. Um my my prediction all offseason was Alex Smith was gonna up the play of Chris Thompson, and he certainly did. Chris Thompson was a monster out there. Adrian Peterson hit the holes with patience and the rushing game was the best it has been. I wish I had stats up with me right now, but 180 yards total rushing is pretty good when uh, considering the past three years. Um, I haven't, I haven't seen a rushing performance this good from the Redskins since Alfred Morris and Matt Jones ran over the Eagles that one week, two or three games. Good times, man. Um, I think the only knock you could have on this Redskins offense is Alex Smith didn't uh, – we didn't see many deep throws from Alex Smith. Um, and, well, that's my only knock on the Redskins offense. On the defense, I didn't see much of a pass rush. Um, for the Cardinals, on the other hand, it, it is clear they're pretty thin. But near near the second half, they kind of got David Johnson going, but the Redskins defense was fortunately able to bottle him up enough to – um, you know, 
keep him contained. But that's what yeah. I have to say about that. If anybody Car- else has Cardinals, two hundred and thirteen total yards, second worst offensive performance of the day, behind uh, only Nathan Peterman's Buffalo Bills. Yikes. Yikes. Uh, I said it. I think the Cardinals are going to be the worst team in the league. So uh, this game went exactly exactly as I thought it would. And I'm proud of the Redskins for taking care of business. But I was bummed that Alex Smith didn't ask if I liked that. So uh, he's going to have to work on his uh, post game. But other than that, pretty good job by the Redskins. The, Re- the, the Cardinals, really, all they have is Chandler Jones, Patrick Peterson, uh, David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald probably accounted for over half their offense that game. Which is Larry Fitzgerald is wasted on such a team. But oh my gosh, can Sam Bradford check it down some more, please? I'd... Yes, please. <laughs> I bet. The, I bet the Cardinals fans would love that at this point. Uh, it's just a countdown now till Josh Rosen comes in. Well, yeah. Do you guys think that Bradford gets injured and Josh Rosen replaces him, or do they bench him and Josh Rosen replaces him? Injured. Both at the same time. It's, it's a race to see uh, which gives first. But I will say this as a biased Redskins fan, it was nice watching Adrian Peterson be patient and let the hole open up. He didn't just straight run at it, he was very patient. Uh, I think his worst play of the game was his 70 yard reception that ended in a fumble, which is not bad. I think it's a good problem to have when you're up that many points. Uh, I think the Redskins are on the right track. They they got their first one on the road against a shaky team, but um, I think the offense gives you a lot to look forward to, and uh, everybody's involved in the passing game. So Yeah, absolutely. And another passing game that's got everybody excited is the passing game of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, my gosh, right there. <laughs> leading quarterback here we go what did you make of that game alex i thought it was the most insane game of the weekend well uh i think drew Brees and philip rivers uh need to visit their quarterback support club uh because this stage pretty much just both had the performances that they always have that end up end up in losses drew Brees, 37 of 45 439 yards three touchdowns and a loss for most quarterbacks that'd be kind of depressing for drew Brees, it's just another day at the office so he, <laughs> i was pretty disappointed in the saints defense i thought they were going to be good this year they were they were good down the stretch last year oh. uh, but they looked like the old rob ryan saints defense uh ryan fitzpatrick more really uh and, I, and Ryan Fitzpatrick has these games. <laughs> With his legs. He, he has a game before they've thrown six touchdowns. So, I mean, this is this, he can do this. Did the personnel change on the Saints? Like, what what changed to make them so bad? I, I, you know, it's a mystery to me. They weren't playing Jameis Winston. If they're playing Jameis Winston, the Saints win they, this game by 45. Only, so, like Evan Mike Evans did come out and say that that performance by Ryan Fitzpatrick was the most complete that they've had in years by that position. I mean, I mean, it's clearly better than anything Jameis has ever done. I mean, like this is this was one of the best quarterback yeah. performances I've seen. So, yeah, I mean, J- not- Jameis shouldn't shouldn't be. <laughs> it's not really a diss on him. It's just Fitzpatrick played out of his mind. I bet all the coaches are like, "Thank God Ronald Jones was a healthy scratch. That's why we won this game." <laughs> oh, man. 
Yeah, everybody got into the mix for the Saints. Uh, they they have a pretty dangerous receiving core, honestly, uh, with Mike Evans, Sean Jackson, Chris Godwin, and O.J. Howard kind of developing. Uh, Adam Humphreys is still there. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. their their offense could be could be. I mean, it's obviously not going to be this good for the season, but you know, it's they have some interesting pieces. Yeah, I th- I'm. I'm actually feeling like this was not some. I mean, the, as you said, the Bucks are not going to have this performance again. But I actually believe in the Bucks a little bit more, um, way more than I did before this game. And the Saints, I actually, if they they got to right the ship on defense, but offensively, I mean, Drew Brees is is playing as well as he can, and Kamara is even better than I thought he'd be this year, especially since everybody knows to key on him. And uh, as as discouraging as it is to lose to the Buccaneers, I still feel like Saints should feel pretty pretty good. They'll be able to overcome that defense in a lot of games. Yeah, their offense looked awesome. Yeah. And in, in another game that would have been awesome if there wasn't just so much foul play going on the entire time that kind of really is not suitable for the younger fans. Uh, but we have to touch on it. Uh, the Bengals and the Colts. Reeb, as a Bengals fan, how do you uh, feel about this 11-point victory over Andrew Luck? I will just have to say that the lowest point in this game for me was when Eric Ebron torched one of our defensive backs and scored torched. a touchdown. Destroyed. Yeah, was, and yeah, that was probably the most disappointing moment as a Bengals fan. Um, I also am mad at myself for not betting on if, if you could bet on such a thing that the first player ejected for this new targeting rule was a Bengals player yeah that, that was a lock that would have been the easiest money i ever made in my life and i i agree with that rule that was a stupid play by sean williams should not have done it i mean luck was already on the ground and he just puts his shoulder right into his head so they are gonna do that um i was impressed with Mixon. the offense struggled early i mean andy dalton threw a pick on his First pass, and then Andrew Luck <laughs> threw an interception on his first pass. So both teams had a little bit of rest to shake off. Um, I think I severely underestimated how good Andrew Luck is. And maybe just from the past year, him being out, I kind of forgot about it. But he is good. And yeah, Andrew, he is Andrew back. Luck can play football. Um, but, again, that's, that's all the Colts have. Is yes. Is Andrew all, Luck? We all know Alex is a big fan of their defense. Uh, I'm not. I'm not against. Oh, I did see Mark Hunt had a sack against you, uh, Reed. Uh, so he, had he had two sacks. sacks. Oh, he had two sacks. Stud. It, uh, the second sack, it pissed me off because it was it was right after the Carlos Dunlap strip sack fumble recovery for us that got negated because of this new rule the body weight rule and Marcus Hunt does essentially the same thing to Andy Dalton and nothing happens. <laughs> oh man. Good times. And so as you mentioned, you were okay with that first or that, that uh, ejection of the Bengals, but uh, Reba, I do believe you have some <laughs> thoughts on the officiating around the league. Would you like to share some of those thoughts with us? Um, yes, I would. You guys have heard, you guys have heard me rant about this for the past couple years. It's a bit of a sensitive subject to me. Um, you know, as a Bengals fan, 
it's it's tough to feel like your team is getting the same treatment as other teams. And I'm sure uh, Jack being a Lions fan, you can relate to that a little bit. Correct. Um, <laughs> my biggest issue with the NFL refs can be summed in one word. Consistency. There is no sense of consistency across the league. It it just doesn't exist. It doesn't exist for player punishment, whether it be for, you know, drug reasons or domestic violence. There's it seems like there's no standard. And it doesn't exist in calls either. So my first point is the QB protection. I've just I've never seen a position get rules made for it so blatantly biased. I mean, you can't go high on the quarterback. You can't go low. Now you have to just disappear after you make a tackle on them. Like, what do they expect to happen? Are they thinking that defensive linemen are just going to twist in midair while they're tackling them and land on their shoulder? They're, they're putting defensive linemen and linebackers and defenses in general at risk for injuries. Well, so don't worry. You're, just, al- you're allowed to use the crown of your helmet to just stab right into somebody's quarterback's yeah, rib cage. That, that's, that's that goes illegal. into the whole consistency thing. It feels like if they have any sort of issue with a rule, they think the way to fix that is to just add more addendums onto the rule. So like quarterback started out, you can't go low. All right, well, we're making, you can't go high now. All right, now you can't use your helmet. Um, but most of your body weight can't land on him. But if some of it does, then it's okay. And it's just, it's putting these calls up to the judgment of the refs. And each ref is different. So each game is going to be called differently. And you can't have that in a league like this. You're just going to get refs saying okay this that looked like that was the foul so i'm gonna call it and the penalty for these fouls are just backbreakers they change the momentum of games on a dime like in the bengals game you like you get the strip sack we should have had the ball on the indianapolis five and more than likely score whether it be a field goal or a touchdown. But instead, Colts have the ball back, and it's a first down, 15 yards down the field. It's yeah, I just... mean, you see it in the, in the Packers game, too, when uh, Matthews decided to use his body weight, God forbid, to take down Trubisky. It really gave Trubisky a chance to choke it away again. So, man, that rule hurt Trubisky more than anybody. It it happened in the Pittsburgh and Cleveland game too. Miles Garrett's he doesn't sack Ben Roethlisberger, but he well, gets a it, pressure on, make, makes him kind of throw it, it away. Feel better, and it should have been better. Reeb, the league ahead, came out, out and said that was a missed call, so that should make the Brown, all all Browns that, fans. What is what does that do? Oh, all is fixed. All right, we can st- we can stop this. Yeah. The NFL has already addressed this. <laughs> it's all fixed. The Rams. <laughs> No need. No need. Officiating is perfect. So good. Oh, man. Yeah. I could keep going for hours, but But we we can move on to the next game. We we have to talk about a very handsome quarterback who just had his first defeat (laughs) as a starter 
unbelievable. Jimmy G, it, it is possible. I mean, do not say uh, anything's impossible because Jimmy G has been defeated by the Minnesota Vikings, who I think are a very strong contender for the uh, Super Bowl this year. And I was a privilege to watch this game. I enjoyed Kirk Cousins leading the way. I mean, he had some things to figure out there with the, with the Vikings, but uh, had a lot of tools. I mean, he barely even used Rudolph and the other tight ends, which he had come to rely on a lot in Washington. He actually threw to some receivers, Thielen, and him already seemed to have a really strong connection. Diggs even got in on it with 50 yards and a touchdown. And Cooks, I mean, you almost forget how, because the Vikings did so well last year with Murray and McKinnon that you forget that Cooks is actually their lead back. And uh, that guy can do a lot of things. And so I was excited watching this game for the Vikings. Their defense was very strong all the way through. Um, but the thing is, the 49ers, kind of like the Chargers, really let some opportunities slip away. Uh, unfortunate fumble by um, Alfred Morris uh, and uh, and then a couple key drops here and there really could have actually sparked this 49ers offense and made it a closer game. I know the score looks close, but, I mean, the Vikings had it in control all, all the way through. Uh, what did you guys make of uh, this battle? Yeah, I, d- I didn't get to watch this game uh, a whole lot, um, but I, d- I did see a bunch of Kirk Cousins, you know, hit both his touchdown throws I thought were beautiful. I thought he was playing really way- well early. Um, but later on, I noticed uh, I didn't I wasn't watching the game, so maybe you can shed some light on this. Uh, it seemed like the 49ers had the ball every time Red Zone switched to it and, and were getting stopped. Um, but I Kirk Cousins in fantasy, and for some reason his numbers just stopped going up at, during the fourth quarter. Were the Vikings just running it, or was the, the, their offense being conservative running it, or was their offense just not very good in the fourth quarter? Uh, they were they were being pretty conservative uh, and pretty stagnant, and this kind of reminded me actually of uh, the Bears game that we'll talk about in just a minute where they got up, they were in control, but then tried to coast almost too early. Uh, into it and they just stop it, making it plays and, and the 49ers were aggressive and getting some things going. Um, unfortunately for the 49ers there, they don't have Aaron Rodgers and a crazy amount of luck to, to win the game. Uh, but it kind of, it kind of reminded me of that sort of flow where it seemed like the Vikings just were one or two more plays away from really just taking it home easily. And then uh, they of course still got the win, but they didn't close it out quite as strongly as I thought they really could have. But an impressive showing, really, to, to take down the 49ers. The 49ers, even in that loss, I mean, impressed me. I mean, Goodwin was out most of the game, which was a hard hard thing for the 49ers offense. I mean, McKinnon for them being out is tough and uh, just a, not not a uh, great offense set up for them. I think they had their right guard go down twice and different things like that. So Jimmy G had a battle through some stuff. Uh, the 49ers are a little bit better this year than I thought just by that showing alone. Um, they will not be an easy out for for anybody. Uh, and, uh, but Jimmy did throw three interceptions. I want to say, if I'm remembering that correctly off the top of my head. So he is not infallible. So he, did. Uh, uh, he needs they, to, he needs to take care, take care of the ball a little bit. And they will, uh, that next week they have to play the lions. So we'll see, see how that goes. Oh, whew. that's that's tough. Oh man. I would not want to be in Jimmy G's shoes. Uh, but we'll, we'll touch on that in a little bit. It takes only the best quarterbacks of all time to do anything against us. Uh, but let's let's hit some of the other games real quick. Let's talk about the, the Thursday game. We didn't have a chance to talk too much about it. Uh, but Atlanta and the Eagles, anything major really jump out to you guys from that game? It surprised me how it went down. It just felt like both of these teams really needed to shake off the rust. And 
I mean, what was the final score? 18 to 12. We had three kind of rushing touchdowns. Well, yeah, rushing touchdowns. And the Atlanta Falcons have not figured out their red zone offense. You know, it seems like for most of the game, they were moving the ball fine. And then once they got inside the 20-yard line, Steve Sarkeesian just, I don't know, he doesn't know how to score. So it seems like a lot of their touchdowns are going to have to be longer than 20 yards. They're going to have to figure out how to get in the end zone just on these long plays. Yeah, it's a good thing they worked um, on their red zone offense so much. Uh, and Matt Ryan uh, just had such a horrible game, in my opinion. It, he, he just did not look good. I, I mean, even as bad as they looked, even as bad as they looked, they still had a shot to win at the end in almost a well, mirror of that playoff game well, last year. Nick Foles did not look good for that, all that good himself. That that's very <laughs> true. That's very true. Uh, Super Bowl MVP was uh, struggling there a little bit, but there's a quarterback that I thought played worse, and we'll get to that here in a game or two. But um, let's talk uh, for a second here about the crazy comeback, the Mac first half followed by the Aaron Rodgers second half for the uh, Bears Packers game. Alex, what uh, just yeah? What are your thoughts on the Bears Packers? So my biggest takeaway was Trubisky. I, I, we were talking about it this whole uh, – when we were talking about the Bears, we said the only thing that could hold him back is if Mitch Trubisky uh, isn't good. And I think I can – I'm prepared to say that Mitch Trubisky is not a franchise quarterback. I know he, he hasn't even played 16 games. Like I don't want to – I'm usually what? not – I wouldn't go too early on most quarterbacks. Like I think like James Winston, Marcus Mariota, I think the door is – like there's it's still questions about them and they're going into their fourth year like they still have a chance but Alex I think you made it uncomfortable you didn't even play you didn't even play the soundbite hey. hey like Thanks. there you go Trubisky with a chance <laughs> to win the game he just looked like he didn't want to, to he didn't he trust himself to throw the ball uh and in the words of the great Jimmy McGinty uh, winners always want the ball with the game on the line. Well, you, you also think looking at him, I mean, he was so cocky at the start of the game. As, as I mean, Mac and they were, the team was just destroying, looking awesome. He's like shushing the crowd, like waving them to calm down, all these kind of things. Like, and and then it comes to it, like later in the game, that he just didn't want to throw the ball. You saw him anytime they had him drop back to pass, he's looking to run with it. He wasn't looking trying to make a play, even before it was the game-winning drive. And Howard, being a beast, is just getting yards when he shouldn't get yards. And still on third and one, when Howard's hot and getting eight yards when they're stacking the box against him, they decide to not even play action, but just let Trubisky throw it to try and seal the game. And obviously that didn't go well. I don't know why Trubisky didn't just audible out of it or panic or run up the middle or something. Because he was not ready for that moment. That was my other big takeaway. I mean, Matt Nagy... They brought him in there hoping he could be the next John McVay. And early on in the game, it looked like he was. He had put him in some awesome formations. Like that, it was very creative play calling. That's how they went down the field and it scored like, on their first couple drives. And, it seemed like he ran out of place. He was yeah. like, "I got two, three drives in me, and then and then I'm uh, uh, yeah, that's, like, ask Madden." <laughs> that's what it seemed like. And then, but third and one with the game on the line, like that's when I wanted. Matt Nagy, it's like, all right, you've got to have some short yardage play that you, this is your time. You brought you in here to, to be able to do this. It's, it's third and one. You have a chance to win the game against your arch rivals. 
in Green Bay. Your first game. You never win. As a coach, you can't you can't ever beat Aaron Rodgers, and that's what you call you take your best player on, put the best player on the sideline, and call an out and up to Tariq Cohen. I was, I, I thought he would come up with something just a little little bit more creative. Um, instead, Mitch Trubisky does it. Won't even decides not even to throw the out and up. Um, it was yeah. Oh, gosh, that was just, that it was, it was awful. That was a terrible play call for one. And you, got, you got third and one. You could almost go for that third and one twice there, and and like and just run it twice with Howard. Like, there's no way you don't get it, and it and it just blows my mind. Especially since he was just getting yards when he shouldn't have, and they could have put that one away. And even still, after that, like to give up that giant play to Cobb was inexcusable on its own. Wall. Like, yeah, nice throw from Rodgers to find him. But that should have been a 12-yard gain instead of uh, a touchdown to take the lead. And you even think before that, like, Rodgers shouldn't have had the chance. Like, that should have been a pick game over. And the Bears that made so many plays on defense did not make the ones to seal it. And that just hurts. It was a rough end of the game for the Bears. Um, But Aaron Rodgers did did a nice job coming back, and the Packers look like the same old Packers. Yep, and I'm sure all of them were uh, on their knees praying as soon as he went out of the game, thinking their season's over in day one, but he was able to come back. And again, Trubisky getting that second chance with that fourth down play and free 15 yards uh, for that um, personal foul on, on Matthews there, and he got another play. It just ends up fumbling it away anyway. It just uh, not, a, not a great look for the Bears that had, had the best first half for Mac. Although we didn't even really see much of him in the second half, other than the fact that he almost chased down Cobb, which is ridiculous. If you saw in that replay, it looked like he almost he let up a little bit. Yeah, I think he just on got, that play against Cobb. Yeah, he just got tired. I don't think he was going to catch him. Yeah, uh, it was nice to see. Uh, but yeah, that was a, it was that nice was to a, see Deshaun Kaiser come in and turn the ball over in the red zone. Now is oh man, nine <laughs> career red zone turnovers. So. Jeez. Oh, my gosh. That was so funny. He, he made the one heck of a play to go down the sideline. We're starting to joke about how maybe he'll do better than Aaron Rodgers, then instantly pick, and then he just did nothing after that. <laughs> of course not. Oh, man. Oh, man. But, yeah, this leads to another disappointment game. And speaking of a disappointing quarterback, uh, I had high hopes for this game, especially since the first play of the game, the Lions go up 7-0 to zero over the uh, Jets. And uh, followed that up by just allowing the Jets to go down the field and score and us having two three and outs to start the game on offense. Actually, excuse me, not two three and outs, whatever. Interceptions galore. You can throw them all in there and just not being able to find any rhythm on offense. And our defense was just as bad in the preseason. I called uh, Dr. Kurt Proctor for a quote before the game about the the Lions-Jets. And he said, uh, and I quote, I hope the preseason was an anomaly. And I'm sorry to tell you, Dr. Proctor, that it apparently is not an anomaly and it is our future. So this sucks. Um, before I say anything else, seems pretty down game, after one game. Uh, well, when you're playing the Jets, who have a uh, rookie quarterback going for them, and they're the Jets, and you're at home <laughs> on Monday night and you're playing the Jets. Uh, you expect to uh, perhaps not throw five interceptions in the game and perhaps not punt the ball to the guy that has just been destroying us uh, and uh, not throw the ball to the other team and maybe get get a stop on third down 
And I, uh, going back to the Jets, I believe, uh, the refs, excuse me, I believe Inunua dropped that third down that they ended up calling a catch uh, and then allowing a touchdown in the next play was not good for us as the Lions. Uh, but to come out in the third quarter, I really thought we'd right the ship. And yeah, we came down, we got the, um, the touchdown to tie it. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Then we give up a big... Yeah, that was a solid drive, yeah, it right? Was the second half start. Then the Jets did the exact same thing to us. Then we throw a pick six. Uh, fantastic. We get a stop, and then we uh, or then we get stopped. We punt the ball. They return for a touchdown, and they scored like 21 points in about three minutes. Uh, give them a big 31-point really third felt, quarter. It really felt like there was a weird amount of shots in this broadcast just showing like shocked and... Depressed Lions fans in the crowd. I'm. I was just. They did not. I was just apathetic. It was a massacre on the field. Uh, Like I just couldn't. I was just kind of laughing, kind of just like you know. uh, We were nine and seven last year, competitive. We got a new coach in, and we don't look ready to to play. So it's really unfortunate. Matthew Stafford, while he was under pressure, I don't think our left guard blocked. Uh, I think he was texting or something. Uh, Made it made it difficult for him. Our running game was as good as it's been for the past five years, which is crap. And then, uh, yeah. And Blunt got hurt. Yeah, Blunt got hurt. And, and Matthew Stafford seemed to make some wrong reads. He was a little off. I mean, the only bright spot for us was uh, Marvin Jones looked okay. Golden Tate looked okay. But really, Galladay actually made some plays. He had over 100 yards. Like, that was about it on the terms of, I'm hopeful for our future. So, we get a battle of the 49ers here next week. And I pray that we turn it around or else this is a long season for me and it's going to be a long season for you, the listener. So uh, hopefully that doesn't happen. There were some reports that uh, Jets defenders after the game were like, we know what he's going to do based on his hand signals. And they would call the play out. They'd say, screen, screen. And Stafford wouldn't audible. And it would be a screen. Yeah. Yeah, they both both head coaches from both teams try to downplay that, uh, as in everybody kind of studies and things are similar, so you kind of pick up on trends. But it really did seem like they actually knew way too much of what was going on. The way, um, the one interception that happened when uh, guy cut across the field on a slant, and then Theoretic was kind of following him out of the backfield, even though everyone should be ready for that ball to go to Theoretic. Like the guy left the initial um, slant route way early so he cut in front of that pass and just like knew that that's where Stafford wanted to look and um, it was a great play to get I believe an interception touchdown and uh, yeah just a, just a frustrating uh, loss for the Lions but I mean look at the Jets I mean I still don't really believe in Sa- uh, Savior Sam I mean he only threw for 175 yards but did have two touchdowns and they won uh, by 31 so I think they're feeling okay going into week two <laughs> yeah I don't I don't really feel uh, pessimistic for the Lions at all I think it's just a, a a bad luck week one game, as bad as it can get. But uh, you got to think about the people in fantasy that are going to think Isaiah Crowell is the best fantasy pickup of the year, and that's just not the case. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, no. You know, uh, it, it's just a a bad start. Nope. But the Lions, I think, will pick it back up. At least you're not a Bills yeah. fan. Oh man, and oh, gosh, weird. I mean, Robbie Anderson's touchdown seemed defendable, but I mean, it is Robbie Anderson making making a splash. So what can you do? His only catch of the game, but, they held uh, him to one catch. They held him to one catch on the game, which is very good. Yeah, seriously. So bravo, Lions. Yeah, bravo. Way to go. Pat yourself on the back for losing 48-17. to 17. We didn't give up 50 points, so take that. Because they took a knee at the uh, end of the game. <laughs> 
<laughs> they don't. They don't need another. Uh, let's look at a game that makes me a little less depressed, uh, and this is the Rams and the Raiders, the last game of the week. And Pep, uh, being a big Gruden fan, how did you feel about his first game coaching in a long time? All right, Alex, cue the bite. Make it uncomfortable. Uh, Alex may not have imported the Gruden bite. I sent him. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, no, no, I didn't. Yeah, peek behind the curtain. Right. That's uh, yikes. Are we? Well, I, we, I wasn't sure which bite you were we just apologize. We'll fix Spotlight this. was on the Bears uh, after <laughs> Khalil Mack's performance. Uh, you know about this trade and everything, and how well he played, and how badly the defense missed him. But the first half of this Rams Oakland Raiders game was a chess match. I mean, they went into the half 13-13. McVay's offense was a little stalled. Uh, Raiders defense played him really well. Um, Derek Carr making the right throws. They were trying to get Marshawn Lynch involved as much as possible. And then the second half, uh, looks like the Rams made some adjustments. Gurley got going. They got that play action going. And and it was just kind of downhill from there. Carr made a few bad decisions. Uh, Maybe a couple receivers didn't run the right routes they did. Um, and the game just got out of hand at that point. Uh, when the Raiders kept getting three and outs, that's kind of when the game was was toast. And um, Lynch's cousin Peters was talking talking quite a bit to him, which was a which was a treat for fans who knew the knew the relationship. But uh, what what did you guys think about that game? I actually did not know that they were cousins. That makes that last play by Peters. It yes, makes that makes a little more sense. That was abso- absolutely intentional for that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Can you remember when Marshawn Lynch went into the middle of the field to like defend Marcus Peters when they got into the fight that one time? Pro- I, I, I do guess, not remember that. Yeah. Well, that sounds right. That happened last year. Oh, was that was yeah, that when yes. Lynch got ejected from the game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that then. Well, that's why that <clears throat> happened. So uh, that so I to- think the listeners are very interested to hear that. But the the <laughs> first half of the game was very much fun to watch. I mean, there were great plays going back and forth, and you saw Gruden really into it. And Gruden's the play caller. He's got this big sheet in front of him. Yeah, if you um, want to see a lot of shots of John Gruden's face, go back and watch that game because that yeah, was it, all it was all the camera side. Side by side the whole time, and he lived. He and and Gruden lived up to his quarterback guru uh, with that great performance by Carr. Classic, ready to continue that MVP uh, season. Um, Carr made some bad throws. <laughs> um, I mean, it was the second half of the game um, when they were saying that you know for Raiders fans if you have one thing to look forward to it's Jared Cook this season and I was like that's dark man that's pretty dark he tied for the uh, most receiving yards of any player this week uh yeah it's dark what has <laughs> happened to the chemistry with Amari Cooper and Derek Carr what about that ACD yeah, one reception there? for nine yards that's a good point Reed. that's nice he had um, also had a rush for um, nine yards Amari oh wow well, Amari Cooper started to not catch the ball when it was thrown to him, and so I think that kind of was uh, disrupted their sort of rhythm. Well, well that's Carr what prefers receivers who do catch the ball. But Derek Carr, oddly enough, Amari I don't know. Cooper and Amari Cooper drops it. That's kind of their dynamic. <laughs> His spirit. Yeah. I find it hard to be matched. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh man. And it, I think overall with all the things that we got to talk about and look at, uh, just, it's exciting to have football back. It was week one, what you expect with a lot of, a lot of crazy team things happening. People are a little sloppy. We overreact to stuff. Uh, I will let you guys know that before the show ends, I'm going to ask you for your one big overreaction takeaway, uh, from the week. But before I get to that, I just want to, uh, comment on the bold prediction. So can you guys just share how your bold predictions went this week? Uh, my bold prediction uh, went great. Uh, John Ross did, in fact, catch a pass. Uh, it was a touchdown. In fact, that was his first. It was also the. It was the only catch that he had the whole well, game. Of course, I wasn't going to go two catches. I wasn't <laughs> going to go that bold. Dream. I mean, come on. <laughs> hey, he's efficient. I had one catch. He one got catch, one, one catch, touchdown. One touchdown. Three whole yards. Uh, I think. Uh, I think that was pretty bold. <laughs> Yes, and my bold prediction was that Deshaun Watson would throw more touchdown passes than Tom Brady. That did not work out so well for me. Um, yeah, the unpaid intern still remains unpaid. And uh, Peterson uh, did a great job throwing two balls to the other team, as I predicted. So pretty solid. We'll have more bold predictions on our next podcast, which I'm very excited about. But everybody, give me your quick overreaction from week one uh who's got theirs ready to go hate to talk over you jim but my bold prediction was uh nathan peterman would throw less than three interceptions and he made me really proud with that performance <laughs> a, a very uh, yes we, we both hit on nathan you, peterman <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry just wanted to go over it again how proud i am of him and how much money he wanted anyways all right true my bold prediction, Bills going 0-16 this year. They're going to join the club with the Browns and the Lions. That, that's, so your over, overreaction is the Bills just cannot correct. win a game. Bold prediction. I, is that too reasonable? No, that's reasonable. I'm just saying you said it was a bold prediction. This is overreaction. Very different stuff. Yeah. Uh, Guys, that's why he's uh, unpaid. These sloppy mistakes, right, and we're sorry. I'll but Alex, can you give us your overreaction? Uh, yeah, I'll give you mine. Uh, mine is that Booger McFarland is the star of Monday Night Football now because it seemed like Booger McFarland was talking a lot more than Jason Witten. Jason Witten, the pair, seemed like he was taking a lot of bathroom breaks during Monday Night Football. <laughs> uh, Pep, do you have a good overreaction for us? A good overreaction. Goodness gracious. Um, man, this is the one segment I didn't prepare for. Going to have to edit this out in post. I just wasn't ready. <laughs> no, I think it's ready. a good peek, peek behind the curtain here. <laughs> I just wasn't ready for the trench, trench fight I got into on Saturday night with the Cardinals fans and uh, how much was riding on the stove for me with the Redskins and Cardinals because – yeah, I had to talk up Sugar Ray having a good show and the Redskins beating them very badly, and both happened. So I, I will say this, though, all jokes aside, uh, Alex can attest for this. My reaction to Josh Gordon's touchdown reception was uh, ecstatic. I was ecstatic. It was going to catch the game, but I was jumping up and down just like, yes. So yes. Uh, how, how many receiving With yards this, uh, this year for Josh Gordon? Uh I'll be modest and say 900. Okay, that's good. This so is overreacting. So I'm, <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and try to help you out there, Pat. 
<laughs> I mean, I mean, <laughs> I'm going. I'm, to- I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and overreact uh, and, and and to uh, Adrian Peterson, who is going to establish himself once again as the best running back in the league this year. He will dominate because he clearly did so against a phenomenal Cardinals defense, and will continue going on so look forward to adrian peterson trade whatever you need to to get him in fantasy because we are overreacting to uh, his week one performance all right great segment guys uh, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> we, we made it through only alex and i understood the uh, rules of that segment but i was close. next time we're back together we'll we'll prepare our segments better for next time but uh unless anybody has anything to add i think that is going to I think that's going to go ahead and wrap up our show for today. So, I got uh, I got four one Sorry to cut you off, Jack. I got one for Alex. <laughs> Play every soundbite you have, Alex. Compete <laughs> every day, man. <laughs> His spirit, I find it hard to be matched. Make it uncomfortable. <laughs> Thanks, Gus. Oh, man. All right, good. Oh, we got to know well what we're working with. <laughs> A lot of spirit today, guys. And so for Pep the Chep, Reeb the unpaid intern, and the freaking beast himself, Alex, I am Jemp, and I hope you enjoyed this Pro Football Jokes podcast. We'll be back later in the week with our bold predictions and our look to uh, next week's games. Thanks for listening.